There it is, the tribute to Leonard Nimoy. That's what I had to do to start the show today. That was it, the pinch on the neck of Mr. Spock. So sad, obviously, Leonard Nimoy leaves us. There is some Leonard Nimoy music material to discuss today uh, as we count down. Well, of course, it has nothing to do with our countdown, but we are saddened by the passing of Leonard Nimoy this past week. It is Twisted Lister. It's the top five musical reinventions. Welcome to the studio, Todd and Harrison. I'm Scott, and welcome to all of our listeners. Hello, hello. So yeah, that's that's the tri- that's the tribute Leonard Nimoy passing away, and there was some great musical output from Leonard Nimoy that I wasn't aware of prior to uh, to his passing, or maybe not. The Legend of uh, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, he, uh, second only to Led Zeppelin uh, in singing about Tolkien uh, themes. You know. Well, yeah. He's good. <laughs> yeah. Scott, do you have any of this material? Oh, yeah, of course oh, okay. I do. Of course right. I do. Uh, how I about... was not aware that he had done any music. Oh, really? Todd, yeah, where's your know. research? Where's your research? I don't know. I knew I knew William Shatner has. Your fellow man, lend him a helping hand. Put a little love in Oh, yeah. That's... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see it's getting late. Please don't hesitate. Put a little love yeah, and then, so this led me down a single, so that's, of course, Put a Little Love in Your Heart by, sung by Leonard Nimoy, but this put me down the Star Trek music sinkhole, which I remembered, you guys are going to love this, stay with me, stay with me, Todd and Harrison, Stick, stay with me, listeners, okay, so here's the deal, so I started thinking, all right, what music is there relating to Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy and Spock? And I remembered about a, uh, I, I thought back to a conversation I had a long time ago when I used to work with the Capitals, and I worked with the 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 voice guy, the PA guy, Wes Johnson. He's really really good. He's the PA guy for the Caps, and he did a song back in the day for WHFS called "Klingon Bastard," and here it is. This is a deep cut, guys. This is a deep cut. Well, my name is Kirk, and it's no surprise I'm the captain of the starship Enterprise! It's five-year mission, explore new worlds, and make it with a couple hundred alien girls! Ugh, don't touch the wheel. So this is the days I of radio parodies, now, done by... This is an obscure track, huh, guys? That is a deep... Yeah, oh yeah. Look at me. We're metal. You're really pulling that one out of the fire. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the Klingon bastard... Uh, performed by Wes Johnson, who's the PA guy for the Washington Capitals uh, from WHFS back in the day. So anyway, that's where my mind was going, and I had to pull that one out. You can find that on the interwebs. And I had to check about Put a Little Love in Your Heart because I wanted to see who it was originally done by. It was Jackie DeShannon in 1969. Oh, that for sounds those, right. Yeah, that's For those who are wondering. Uh, it charted at number four in August of 69, so there you go. There you go. Summer Sad. of 69. That was quite a hit. <laughs> Did you get your first drill six? Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we don't need to go down that hole. Yeah, as we said, we're going to do musical reinventions this week. And, uh, you know, Harrison, why don't, you, why don't you start us off as we talk about artists who cha- made a turnaround in their career, not necessarily from good to bad, but in some cases from good to bad, some from bad to good, uh, and some who just changed up what they were doing in order to stay good. So, Harrison, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I interpreted best in a few different ways here, so best musical uh, reinventions. Um, but starting my list, I chose uh, for number five uh, recent album of the uh, year award winner, Beck, who I fe- I feel you know over the course of his now twenty plus year career has certainly shown a progr- if not a progression a total reinvention of himself. You go back to Mellow Gold and listen to that, or even Odelay, and compare that to uh, Midnight Vultures even, and then farther along than that, Sea Change and Morning Phase, and you could you could believe that you're listening to three different artists, but you can also find that common thread through all of them that he brings brings in. So it's he was more maybe more of an evolution, but I think also a reinvention as he went along and matured as an artist. I think that's a good call because I mean you think about uh, like you said Mellow Gold and then he had that one before that I think Stereophonic Soul Manure. Yes. So you think about where he came from and then yeah where he you know where he's where he is now and where he's been like yeah he's he's definitely kind of a musical shapeshifter. So yeah, I think, I, I think it. But Harris, I think you said it best. I think it's more of an evolution for for Beck than uh, than 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 a change. I mean, I, I think you're right. You know, you think back to the way 
the sound that he put out with Mellow Gold and those earlier albums, it fit in really well with the sound of, of that time. At the same time, it was somewhat of a trend-setting sound. Uh, and then I think he just evolved. I think he's a great example of an artist that evolves with his fans, too, and evolved with as the fans got older, his sound changed. So I don't know if it's so much of a transformation, but we'll carry on. But Todd obviously yeah, I think, I think, I think you see that jump. But I, what I was saying, if you see that jump from, um, like, Midnight Vultures to Morning – to uh, Sea Change, yeah. for me, that was, like, a very a, – a big kind of transformative moment. For him, uh, so I, I, I it, it was evolution, but I think there's some jumps along the way too. All right, but anyway, so that that leads to kind of a kind of a different uh, number four. This one might be a little bit more controversial, but I uh, put down Trent Reznor uh, going from uh, the the head like a whole guy all the way up to uh, Oscar winning. I love that pick. I, I love that pick, Todd. What's your take on that pick? I think that's a great pick, Todd. Todd, Todd, did the Klingons get you, Todd? Sorry, I was having some audio issues. Oh. Um, oh, the, the, I mean Trent Reznor, I can see it, but I didn't. I, I guess I didn't see like a radical reinvention necessarily along the way for him. I, I don't know. I, I I feel like it was a natural progression. Obviously, you pretty radical. To... That's Todd. Pretty radical. What? He's going from creating basically industrial metal sounds into do, create, being you know scoring films and being an Oscar winning. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Composer. If you're talking about if you if you throw in the I was thinking Nine Inch Nails. Oh right. no. If, you, if you're just yeah. talking Trent Reznor, yeah. that's true. He does yeah. have. Well, I mean, let's, a wide range. let's let's. I mean, I don't think there's much difference between. You know, Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. I think he's yeah, the but, only but, common thread. But I'm so. saying the stuff that was put out in the name of Nine Inch Nails. I'm still looking. You know, I looking agree with that. that. One thing. I, I agree with that, but I do. But yeah, Trent Reznor, just the guy. You're right, and that's what you're saying. Yeah. Just as the, the as the writer performer, I think he's made a yeah. huge. Oh yeah, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. I agree. Okay, so number number three, I went with a, a kind of a more recent uh, evolution or change, and that's uh, Snoop Dogg, aka Snoop Lion, now. Who is a uh, now a reggaeton uh, star, uh, and I guess I don't know how much this star. one counts because maybe this is more. Star. Star. Well, he star. was nominated. I think he got a Grammy nomination. I think yeah. he did. I mean, I, I didn't think too much of that album, but I, it did get a it did get a Grammy nomination. Um, but it was it's an interesting it's an interesting genre jump for somebody to make, and obviously I think he'll always be Snoop Dogg on the side, right? He's he's gonna jump back and forth between the two. I was uh -huh. gonna say I thought he had, I thought he was like back to Snoop. Dogg yeah, I thought he canceled. I thought Snoop Dogg oh, is it? over. It's over. Is it I, over? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was like a weed dream he had. Yeah, but, but didn't he about. just do something with Stuart Copeland recently? No, this is. Well, listen to the Stuart Copeland thing. He he. So this is Stuart Copeland and Snoop Line hanging out in Stuart Copeland's basement, just freestyling. Stuart right. on drum. The drummer and, from the police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specific to the point, so tough. And if you don't like that, watch me do it to get till you get enough. An odd rock and roll mashup right there. Stuart Copeland and Snoop Lion <laughs> hanging out in Stuart Copeland's basement. I think Snoop just came by to drop drop off some weed, and Stuart's like, "We're jamming in the basement. Why don't you come on? You know, uh, stick around." <laughs> but uh, I think the Snoop Lion thing was a quick thing, and then it was it okay. was over. I think, but I don't I don't see a Snoop Lion. Uh, comeback album coming out anytime soon. Granted, right. if you wanted to produce it and pay him enough to do it, I think that he'd, he'd listen to you, Harrison. So we're call, we'll call it at best, then we'll call yeah. it a successful diversion. How about that? It you was, know, yeah. Yeah, it was a diversion. And you got to give it some credit because I think it did have that Grammy nomination. Wait, there was a song. He So there was a Snoop Lion track with Miley Cyrus. Did you know about this? The stuff you discover, man. Did you guys? No, I didn't know that. I don't think, no. I don't think so. Ashtrays and Heartbreaks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. I remember I've heard about it. I don't know. I don't know. Tonight there's going to be a whole lot of smoke in the I could see Miley getting down with this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very it's much. kind of a natural part of her progression to working with Flaming Lips. Yeah, she would be on this list. You know? She, she is worthy of it. Let's, you know what? We should take a little. She was on my, she was on my long list. Yeah. I, I forgot about her. Yeah, we long, should... Going from Hannah Montana to the yeah. new Miley Cyrus. 
I, you know what? I, I got You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Snoop Lion off my list. I'm gonna slide Miley Cyrus in. <laughs> oh, um, okay. In his place. That's... I'm changing my list. Right Are you now. really making a change? Wow. Wait, up. we've got to find some of that footage. The um, you're right. The the collaboration between if, if people aren't aware, there was a the Miley Cyrus and Wayne Coyne collaboration when Miley oh, Cyrus. Yeah. When Miley Cyrus uh, joined Wayne Coyne and Flaming Lips on stage, or maybe it was vice versa. I think Wayne Coyne actually came out at a Miley Cyrus show because I'm sure a ton of Miley fans knew who Wayne Coyne was back. Hmm. I mean, this was going probably, you know, a year or two. Was oh, yeah. Miley on that, that Sgt. Pepper's, like, cover album you know, they did? I don't I, I don't, well, they do. They did uh, A Day in the Life together on oh, Conan. Yeah, they performed it together okay, so that's what I was on thinking. Conan, she I guess. And, uh, and then, yeah, I don't – I mean – that was that was that, but yes, I guess Miley did appear on that. That's a very bizarre, bizarre friendship. And then, oh, and then you know what happened? Miley came out and did Yoshimi Battles of the Pink Robots at um, at One Staples of her shows, Center right? and My at a Miley show at Staples. Yeah, that's of right. So, uh, all right, so she's your number three now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. don't take the okay. line off. We'll put Miley Cyrus okay. in. Yeah. She's, you know, she switched up a little bit. So my number two, you know, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this one. But my number two, I went with Skrillex. No, who... I I thought that was a – sorry. I, 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 yeah, I, it's cool. Yeah, I, I thought the list – I thought it was good. But, go yeah, tell the fans about why you picked Skrillex. Yeah. So what people might not know is that Skrillex started off as Sonny John Moore, who was a lead singer from a hardcore band called From First to Last. I guess they're kind of like AFI, Rise Against type style – you know, early 2000s band, and he quit that to become Skrillex, more or less. There's a little bit in between, but a uh, big jump. And that guy, I just, I mean, in doing my research, learning he's only 27 years old, and he's been playing music professionally since he was 17, you know, rock music. So I hate him on a whole new level now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I think going from the lead singer of a hardcore band to – I, arguably the biggest electronic act in the world is a pretty big uh, turnaround. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah. I would agree. Big reinvention. Good call. It yeah. is definitely. Even though I'm not a huge fan, I agree. Yeah, Skrillex is a good call. All right, Harrison, number one. And wrapping up my list because I guess we can't do a show without mentioning him. I have Dave Grohl, and I guess kind of the same thing, going from being the uh, the drummer in the largest band in the world at the time when they broke up to becoming frontman of your own band and then taking that on for another 20 years is a pretty big... And you can say, Ooh. you know, yes, he stayed in the same genre, but he moved yeah. from behind the drum kit right. to no, front no. of the stage. This is, this is big. This is I'm not sure if this is the right list for Dave Grohl. I agree. I agree. I agree. Because I, it's, I, musically, it's not, a, yeah. it's not vastly different yeah, from Nirvana. Because, but, I mean, but going from being the I'm drummer to the singer-songwriter well, is, a, Steven, is vastly Steven, different. Steven Tyler, Phil Collins are in the same boat. They were both drummers at one point. So uh, I don't yeah. think, you know, I don't know if you can... I don't know if this is the right list for that. Well, he made an amazing transition, but I don't yeah. see it as a reinvention. Like he definitely right. made an incredible right. transition. But... You, had to, you had to go from being the drummer to the lead guy. That's, I mean, that's a reinvention. Clear, in there are clear reinventions on this list. That is simply no. That's a transition. That's right. That's yeah, like that's I, I like playing going from playing in the outfield to becoming a DH at the end of your career. I mean, oh, that's come what on. That is. All right. Well, people. <laughs> I mean, I want the. I, I need some fan help on this one. People yeah. need to weigh in. Twistedlister69 yeah. at yeah. gmail.com. <laughs> Twistedlistpod.com. You can get us on Facebook. Facebook, uh, Twisted Lister, please weigh in because I think David Grohl has made a massive tra you know, transformation, reinvention of himself from being the drummer from Nirvana all the way through to being the, you know, 20 years on well, lead guy for Foo Fighters. It, it, it's a reinvention, uh, you know, of a sort, but I guess, I guess what I was thinking was more musical in my, you know, in my yeah. Now I would say like Phil, like Phil Collins doesn't cut it because he did, it's the same band, oh, you know, that, that's, so this what, is different, what, I think. What? It's the same band? Phil, Wait, oh, he was in Genesis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, well, but he went. <laughs> let's well, not, you know, I mean, that was not, a seamless. That yeah, was a, yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, yeah. That's that's true. He was, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. You're right. Um, but I don't know. But then, what about artists who leave bands and go solo? I'm not Harrison. You're gonna have to fight for this at the yeah, end. Yeah, that one's the definitive, right, the definitive five. All right, okay. obviously, it's not gonna make the final list. Yeah. But yeah, it's fine. Well, we don't know. I mean, it, probably not. Yeah, you're right. All right. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's it's a. Why don't you recap your list? Uh, despite the fact that the number one makes no sense. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> number five is Beck. Number four is Trent Reznor. Number three was Snoop Lion. Is now Miley Cyrus. Number two is Skrillex. Number one with a bullet 
Dave Grohl. With a bullet. And he's sticking yeah. to his guns. You're right. A, a bullet. Literally. A bullet, yeah. is in, bullet is in asterisks because it doesn't really count because it's a transition <laughs> from being a drummer to being a lead singer. It, it's oh, not It's wow. not what this is about. I don't I don't, I don't remember a dispute about uh, criteria list, it, this much no. since our female-fronted band episode. My list is clearly reinventions. Reinventions. Okay. Complete turnarounds. Complete changes. Okay? Uh, from what they were doing before to what they do now. That's what I'm saying. So, all right, I'll carry on with my with my five here. Uh, or t- yeah, I'll I'll go. Okay. You want to go ahead? Yeah. Well, no, Todd. Wait, wait. I I don't, did we go out of order one time before? We have a few times. We have. Well, in so, season two, we switched the order up and you started going second. I don't. Yeah, but. Uh, how do you guys want to? I don't care. How do you go guys? Go for want, it. Scott, okay. Go for all right. It. All right. So <laughs> I liked. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number five. Number five, of course. And I, I mean, I, I why I, Darius Rucker? It's, is this even a question? The transition. I'm, you had I'm to work shocked, him in here. Yeah, I I'm shocked he wasn't your number one. I oh. had to say your number one. Well, I mean, you know. I think Scott didn't want to get greedy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'll just put him at number five. <laughs> you guys accept him as a number five slot? That's fine. I mean, how could you guys argue with this? This guy. And let's not forget. Look, I'm not arguing that it's a, that it is a reinvention. Whether yeah. it's the greatest, that I don't know. All right, it's, it's, su- it's successful. You have to give it them that. Successful, thank you. Successful. Yeah. After after now, you know being one of the biggest pop rock bands you know of their time. Right. And then transitioning to be a country star. There aren't that many people. A star. I think I think he was deserved higher on your list. I just knew he was going to be on yours, so I didn't put him on mine. All that, right, so. that makes sense. Now this opens up the discussion of. The rock and roll refugee camp known as country music, of course, uh, where there are plenty of others who have who have slid over and made that change. We, we've seen Cheryl Crow, and none of these are on my list, but we've seen Cheryl Crow do it. We've seen a lot of the classic rock people do it. I feel like Sammy Hagar is kind of like part of the country family now, but he hasn't really come out with country music. But uh, yeah, it's interesting that the country music thing like opens it, it 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 welcomes these people with open arms and they reinvent themselves. And I don't think it is possible. That line too, Bam! Right? I don't think it is possible to now. This the Kid Rock mentioned, and by the way, for the record, uh, for those recording at home, Harrison mentioned Kid Rock first. Okay, I want to make that <laughs> right. clear. And he was banned. <laughs> yes, That's Kid true. Rock. You mentioned him. Well, he is banned, but I think you have to. It's ironic that we do this show as Kid Rock comes out with a new album this week, okay? But he's not going to make any of our lists because he's a schmuck, and that's the bottom line. I mean, he's really an asshole for some of his recent comments. Well, and I don't particularly like his music, so it wasn't hard for me to explain. On top of that, but this guy, you talk about a musical chameleon. This guy went from being a rap act to a rock act to a country act. I mean, he and, and if you want to and if you want to term success, I don't know how he's done it. it sounds like you're making your case here. I'm not. Kid, I don't want. No, I'm not trying to make a case for Kid Rock. Okay. I'm just. But I think it's. I think it's worth noting in this discussion. I think Kid Rock. Okay. It's, it's worth Fair noting. Enough. Not. So but I. I just. Yeah. I. I opened the Kid Rock door and you kicked it down. Well, That's I, right. no, I wanna, That's what, what I wanted to say with Kid <laughs> Rock. No, but Kid, <laughs> Kid Rock. I. I don't look. I. I. First of all, uh, Devil. Devil without a cause. No, you know what? I'm not. Even, so I, I'm so conflicted on Kid Rock. I'm so conflicted because you know I think I do think part of me thinks the Devil without a cause is is a good album. Um, I I think it really was at the time, and I can't listen to the guy anymore because I think he's an asshole and beyond like and not just like a rock star asshole. Like legitimately, like the comments that he made, he is a an asshole. And uh, it, but I'm conflicted on it because if he wasn't such an asshole, he would certainly be on this list. Certainly be on this list. I think. No, I don't know. I mean, that's that's my that's that's I guess what I'm saying. Music from the man sometimes on these things. That's true. No, That's true. I can't do that with him. But he's an ad. There's a difference. No, there's a difference between. Oh, Harrison, are you making your argument for Gary Glitter again? <laughs> no, Gary Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, will never see the light of day again after this week. No, yeah. that's right. Gary Glitter is gone. Yes. We're going to relitigate Gary yeah. Glitter and All right. R. Kelly, enough, too. Yeah, enough <laughs> on the Kid Rock. Next, number so number four on my list is Everlast, because he went from being an uber-successful pop star with House of Pain, with one of the biggest pop hits of that decade, would jump around, and then came out with the album with the Everlast album, Whitey Ford Sings the Blues, and I thought it was a very, it was a good album. It was a good album. Now, his latest, look, 
the career faded into oblivion, as we know, and we've listened to the recreation of Jump Around uh, ad nauseum on this show, so I'm not going to play that again. But I thought that Whitey Ford Sings the Blues was a, a, a good album at the time, and I, I, I think it's a little better. I don't think it's fair to put it in with the rap rock crap as I make <laughs> Now, Devil Without a Cause, Whitey Ford Sings the Blues. Or not. Anyway, there was no, a I lot. Think it, I think it exists, it exists outside of that. It right? was not, the, yeah, that album was not rap rock. That was a... That was a heartfelt reflection on a on a, a violent and an um, almost short life, I think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a totally it was a total reinvention and a and a total introspection. It's really different. It's good, right? It is. It's good. It's true. I enjoyed what's, what yeah. it's like. Yeah. But I think the album had a, the album had a few other tracks that were worth worthwhile. Okay. Anyway, Everlast, number four. And we remember the total saturation that that song had at the yeah, time. Yeah, of course. It was a huge, massive hit. But then I thought, you know what? The follow-up was called Eat It Whitey's, which had a track called Black Jesus. I thought it was really good. Do you, I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys remember that track. but I, thought I don't remember that. Really I guess that album never really got that much traction. No, and then that was the end. Then then the... And he started going into the kind of... The, that's when he started doing the rap rock type stuff. Yeah. And it got a little... You know, yeah. I, I think this is a pretty good song. This is Black Jesus. Anyway, yeah, well, that was that kind of G Love says. Yeah, yeah, it has a, it. yeah, yeah. And then, but then his follow up to that was called White Trash Beautiful, and that was that was the end. Uh, anyway, Everlast, number four. Number three, I mean, CeeLo. Number three, CeeLo. This guy goes from doing from Goody Mob, which obviously very credible hip hop group, to becoming a pop star with Fuck You. And I think that, and that song is remarkable. That is a and rem- crazy. That is and, and crazy. Oh, and Gnarls Mark. Yeah, and I skipped ahead. You're right. I skipped, yeah. I mean, but, but you know, Fuck You is an, an incredible song. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously the in between with Gnarls Barkley. CeeLo at number three on my list. Number two. Call, but it's another. It's funny because after talking about Kid Rock, because CeeLo, another person who's yeah. got reasons to be detestable. All right. We haven't been. We're not. We <laughs> no, don't the, well, the, many people. But. Yeah. The interesting thing about like the, what I thought was interesting is Pharrell wrote um, "Happy" for CeeLo. Oh, did he? He did. He CeeLo supposed to do it, but CeeLo had an album coming out like a month or within a month of the uh, sound the soundtrack coming out. So his management didn't want him on both albums at the same time. So Pharrell just recorded the song. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, "This would have been." A, I heard it, I was like, "This would be a great for CeeLo to do." Yeah, I can and hear there CeeLo is, doing that. There is a version of him doing it. He actually recorded the song, so it's out there somewhere. Really? You can find this. There, there is a CeeLo version of that. I can totally see him doing. I don't know if it's on the if it's in the wild, but it exists. Wait, Harris, what is it? if it, it's not on the internet, it didn't happen. I mean, <laughs> okay. that's that's ridiculous. That's right. What do you have? You have it on. You have it on reel to reel. In your home studio there. I mean, um, yeah. Where, I, I'm not. Maybe sure. It's like the Wu Tang. I want to know. At least one copy. Yeah. <laughs> where is this, Harrison? If it's not on the internet, it didn't. There's no way it exists because everything ends up. There's no way. I, I don't. I don't buy that. I don't buy that, Harrison. That it, that he actually recorded it. And it's out well, that there. is a that is a fun fact that he was gonna. That is. You went. Bit. Yeah. You took it too far, Harrison. You took. I'm it too sorry. Far. <laughs> that was good. If you, you, Doesn't he always come on? Yeah, I know, but that was a good fact. How do I ruin a fun fact? It, I don't know. Fact. It was remarkable. My segue is perfect, perfect segue because number two, I go with Pharrell from his work with the Neptunes to doing you know really good rock and and hip hop stuff, especially when you think about Rockstar and some of the other stuff, and then obviously becoming the biggest pop star of 2013 into two th- or 2014 into 2015, I guess. Uh, and yeah, I think that, you know, he was, uh, Pharrell's transformation from being a producer. Now he's a guy, I think Todd, you may make your argument here where you, you know, he's a guy that has his hands in a lot of different things. So is it really a transformation? And yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, you're kind of, you are teeing me up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Yeah, I mean, look, the guy. He, again, he's got. He's able to do all kinds of different genres, and he's so talented. But um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like whether he. He's obviously. He's progressed, and you can argue. I, it was a good case to be made that it's a reinvention to be. You know, like you said, going from the Neptunes, NERD, Dude, he, his solo work. I mean, he's done a lot of different things. I just don't. I guess I don't see it as a a huge leap. 
he's he's going from NERD singing about strippers to producing and recording and singing the biggest pop hit. Right. And he was oh, he year. was on Drop It Like It's Hot, right? Snoop? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's a pretty big trend. I mean, this guy. It's a leap. I would say it's a pop star. Yeah. Yeah. Going yeah. from yeah. yeah that kind of the, the hip hop kind of that electro hip hop sound to the to the pop stuff is yeah. different for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that Pharrell comes in at number two and number one on my list. And I was shocked to not see him on either of your lists is, is Dylan and Dylan's decision to go electric back at Newport folk back in the day. I mean, obviously we know that's, that's well-documented and what, what the, the folk scenes reaction to that was, I would think that would be number one on this list of musical transformation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, interesting because I saw a documentary like maybe a couple of years ago. I don't remember, but I, you know, I think it's hard for people of our generation to uh, grasp what a, I guess, what a, you know, revolutionary thing that was in the folk scene at the time. Right. You know, right. To go electric. Not to mention so, the, the various reincarnations of Bob Dylan along the way. I was gonna yeah, say like, he's, like, he's a classic shapeshifter, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like was he reinventing or was that just kind of his process? Nah. He always <laughs> always something different each time, you yeah, know, like yeah. every album was he was picking up a new personality but i would say i would say it's a reinvention i would say that you know because he uh if you you look at you know like a rolling stone compared to the other stuff and what it did and obviously it became one of the most important yeah no i would agree you You look at highway 61 revisited yeah compare that to like the freewheel and bob dylan i love both those are both classic right amazing albums very different you know one's obviously just folk straight up folk and the other's you know a real rock record and and could do both you know, at a, at such a high level, higher than, you know. So I agree, it's a it's a great reinvention. I guess I, I don't know. For some reason, I uh, I had a few that I left off my list that were, um, I don't know. They were like so big that I, I was like that it, they seem. It, it is an obvious one, so you're right on that count. Because I I didn't put the Beatles on my list, but I do feel like when the Beatles came mm. out with Sgt. Pepper, yeah, that was yeah, that, that was... was a radical yeah. change. I mean, yeah. I, I've been I've been listening to that record nonstop, Sgt. Pepper's, for the last couple of weeks. And well, let's, just, let's also there's notice there's so many sounds in that that uh, I, you know that no one was doing at the time. So well, I can say well, both both Scott and I's lists are individuals, right? There's no bands on our lists, and I um and I think that maybe it's because the it's harder to track with a band because there is kind of a unit like it's really hard to overturn your complete sound, right? And there's just too many personalities involved for you to be able to change everything and. Uh, there is, but there is a huge difference between if you go from Meet the Beatles to Sgt. Pepper's. Those are oh, two yeah. totally yeah. different. Oh yeah, they went from being a pop, you know, they were like the boy band of their time. Yeah. And they went from I want to hold your hand to, you know, you compared that to, you know, Sgt. Pepper's and even even Abbey Road. You go to Abbey Road and like, you know, they were they were breaking new ground for what rock music could be, just like Dylan was. And that's why I guess with Dylan and the Beatles, I you know they are the and you could throw. Well, Hendrix is a little different, but Dylan and the Beatles, like, yeah, they were doing things that no one thought rock music was this respectable form of music, and or a lot of people didn't think that in the '60s, and they brought it to another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- you know, it's um, yeah, it's really interesting to to think about what the Beatles did because it's the opposite of a lot of the artists that we've talked about on this list. Not that it's fair to put the Beatles and Everlast in the same conversation, probably. <laughs> But uh, but no. it, but but it is different. But it's interesting because what they did is they went from the pop sound into this psychedelic. There there there. It's very similar to the Miley Cyrus transformation, right? Going from this pop star. <laughs> wow. Well, no, but and she's still a pop star. But doing going from pop to becoming kind of out there with the Flaming Lips collaboration, no, 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 right? So that. yeah, that's that. that's the that's where I was going with that. I know that's that's far fetched, but it's in, I think it's it's interesting to note and a, you know another uh, tab on the greatness that is the. Beatles obviously is the fact that they were able to pull off this transformation in a in an order that a lot of people don't do as opposed to you know and then obviously coming back and still continuing to produce hits so and doing all that in seven years right yeah you, you, could you imagine like when they dropped um dropped Sgt. Peppers at Apple Records that first time the 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 management must have freaked out. Oh, yeah, they, they must have been like, like what, what the, the hell? hell? Yeah, what the hell is this? this? Yeah. And it's like you can't say no because it's the Beatles, but you like. I don't know. Was was the reaction to Snoop Lion at the record label the same kind of thing? You know, they're like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, nobody buys <laughs> nobody buys music anymore anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually an interesting yeah interesting point though about like the the reaction of the labels because a few yeah. of my artists 
definitely, well, you know, oh, drop some things from out of left yeah. field. And I think I'm sure at the time, you know, if you were an A&R person, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? This is career suicide. And then, you know, in a lot of these cases, they became classic albums. No, that, that's true. And it would be interesting as we sit around and, and do the show while thinking out loud. It would be interesting to talk to some of these managers and people who were behind these transformations, right, and get their take. When Snoop came in and it's like, I want to do this Snoop Lion project, were they like, no, no, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah. Darius, hey, did you guys, I mean, can you imagine the conversations where they're like, Darius Rucker's dropping a country album? And they got, you know, and there's like, and the whole record label's like, what? Right. And then, you can hear a pin drop. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like what? Yeah, exactly. And it's but, uh, so it's interesting. I feel yeah. like this episode actually it's cool because to me it's like the sequel to our biggest musical missteps episode. It's the flip side. It is. It's past. a success. It totally is. Yeah, missteps. Yeah, because you know, of course I thought of Chris Gaines and Garth Brooks, which we explored, you know, in detail in that episode. But yeah, I feel like this is, you know, it's the flip side. It's bands that or artists that did it, very, you know, successfully and were the best. But we talked about obviously some of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and, and, and I'm going to defend my list one more time before before we move on to Todd by saying the important thing to remember is all the, despite what you may think about the artists on my list, and they may not be at the same caliber as what Harrison had mentioned. Um, Miley Cyrus is an interesting take on Harrison's list, but yes, <laughs> the, they may not be the same caliber career-wise, but they still all these transformations were successful, and I don't think you can argue with that um and maybe that's what keeps kid rock off the list so with that todd take it over all right all right yeah. and so before i go into my list i was just going to say on my my criteria they kind of changed a little over the course of this you know this latest uh incarnation or coming up with my list and formulating it because i i actually came up with this list like the night that we decided we were going to do this topic i came, woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> And I, I, and I grabbed my phone and I put my top five down. I've never done that before. I, I was like, the, I got it. I got I, it. I had the same thing with this list too. It was the middle really? of the night and I grabbed my phone. Yeah, I had the same thing and it was like, wow. bam, it hit me. I didn't have to work on it. It was just like, yeah. it hit me. Yeah. It hit me. Yeah. And then I, yeah. I, the only thing I will admit is I made two changes, partly because I decided that, um, and this goes back to what you were saying about Genesis and that kind of thing, but I decided that uh, I would eliminate bands that, uh, that had personnel changes yeah. and then you know that drastically changed their sound. So I eliminated. So I, I took two off and added two. So I, I so just for honorable mention's sake, I wanted to mention Fleetwood Mac, mm -hmm. um, and also Pink Floyd because both of them had major personnel changes. Pink Floyd with Sid Barrett, um, and their sound took a hugely different direction, of course, in the 70s. And then Fleetwood Mac um, losing Peter Green, and they were this successful blues band from England, and then picking up you know Buckingham Nicks, of course, and. You know, going on yeah. to pop stardom. So I wanted to mention them, but I because there were personnel changes, I just decided I would stick with bands that really, or artists that had some kind of real, I guess, premeditated conceptual change um, and and musical change too. So anyway, no further ado. Number five, I know I, I, I always end up in his corner, maybe because he's <laughs> in the crafty bastards, um, but I had to mention Kanye. Um, hmm. I feel like Kanye has been... I think he's he's reinvented himself more than almost any other you know rapper at his at his level. You know he was basically the, one of the biggest him or Jay Z you could argue or Eminem biggest rapper in the world for the last ten years. Those three guys probably, um, but I don't think the other two have reinvented themselves the way Kanye has. And you think about where he was after his first three albums. Yeah. Which first two well, I think are are classics. I think the third graduation is good but a little uneven. But to go from that level of stardom and then come out with 808s and Heartbreak, which I know Scott doesn't like it. I think it's a great album. Yeah, I love I don't that album. Like it. No, but I, I know you don't. Nah, but I like that. I didn't that know you. Like I didn't a, know you had an affinity. For, I didn't know you liked that. Oh album yeah, I like so it. Much. No, I, okay. I like it a lot. I, well, yeah, no shit. That that was like Harrison a Kanye. Kanye could come out with with a fucking string of fart sounds, and and Todd would be all. Here's farts farts on hey, auto man, tune. Still, yeah. I, dude, I I've made it very clear that I think Jesus is gonna be an all time classic. I was gonna say Harrison's in that corner. I'm in that corner, and my beautiful dark twisted fantasies also great and there yeah. is there is yeah it's a huge change as he moves but, through like, you, you look at and then Jesus of course was part of that again that idea of he totally reinvented himself you know I call it like industrial rap we've talked about how it's like Kanye meets Nine Inch Nails but again I can't think of any other album that sounds like Jesus just like 808s and Heartbreak I feel like that was pretty influential and you saw everyone start using the vocoder you know 
after and wait 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 wait, wait. It was T Pain like, T Pain T Pain might yeah, have been so no T Pain made a whole career yeah out yeah of and T Pain might have come around like T Pain was about the same time so let's yeah. not. Well, not, look, I'm not saying he invented And is that a good that, thing? And the other argument there, a better argument, is that a good thing or a bad thing with the auto Well, it's gone too far. It went too far. Yeah. But I, I think on that album it works. I mean, his mom had just died. He made this really introspective, mellow, not not exactly a rap album, I would even say. Um, and for, for someone at his level to do that, that takes balls. I mean, and that's, that's a, you know, that, that's to me a huge reinvention. And then, like I said, Jesus... You could put, you could argue either one of those, and you know maybe beautiful dark twisted fantasy too. I mean, I think that's probably the best thing. I, that's probably my favorite of those three. So anyway, that's my number five. What um, year did what year did 808s come out? By the way, uh, I think it was I think it was 2008. Oh, dude, you lost this argument. You lost this argument. Or seven. It might have been 07. You lost. I think, I think graduation was 06. You know what? I think it was 07. We never yeah. knew it. But T-Pain set the stage for Kanye because this came out in 2007. So there you go. So your argument about 808 setting the whole like auto tune. I don't think that. Scene. I don't think that means 808 wasn't a great album. Who? No, I think what you're tra- no, Tad. What you're saying is what you're saying what? is the, that T-Pain has a monumental influence in the world of music. I think that's what that's the way I'm in. That's the way I'm interpreting it. Harrison, are I'm you? Not, that's are you, not what I'm saying. Are you interpreting it that I'm way? Saying Kanye has a monumental. For the purposes of the show, yes, yeah. I'm interpreting it that yeah, way. Yes. I totally interpret it that way. So I don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I think I think Kanye. I, I felt like he had to be on this list. So. Um, my my issue with Kanye is I don't think that he's his career hasn't gone in the in the right direction. That's my but and that's the argument that we're having right now about 808s and Jesus and you know my issue and I want to talk about that a little later in the show. Well, why not now? But uh, Liam Gallagher commented on the new song All Day. Did you guys see this yet? The the video of him doing it at the Brit Awards All Day. It's just it's all and I didn't think the song was Oh, Kanye doing Yeah, yeah, Kanye. He's got oh, okay. another new song that he dropped called All no, Day. I haven't seen that. And he performed it at the uh, at the Brit Awards, and I thought, you know, Liam Gallagher kind of summed it up best. He, you know, finally somebody just finally just said it. Liam Gallagher said, and this I kind of agree with him. He said, uh, you know, you are. What did he say? Hold, on, I gotta find. Well, anyway, well, Liam Gallagher well, says a lot of things, so I don't know what. He says you're a million miles. A you're a million miles away from college dropout. That was artistry. That's what Liam Gallagher said. That's what I always say. Those those first two albums were yeah, but that's that, look, but that's at the core of what we're talking about. Is that he could you you don't want an artist to that just has- make the same album over and over. I mean, it was yes, college dropout was amazing, but you know, artists they need to they need to evolve. You know, they need to change. All right. And uh, I think I mean there are some bands that just kept doing the same thing over and over, and I like some of those bands, but. I respect, I respect artists that you know will try something different, um, and Kanye definitely has. So you can argue. I know Scott, you don't like those albums that are the most, the biggest. Yeah. You know, diver- diversions from, yeah. from his early yeah. years. Anyway, moving on. Um, number four, another one that may be a little controversial because I know Scott's not a big, not much of a fan, but Radiohead at number four. Um, I think. You look at Pablo Honey, their first album, and you look at the leap they made from Pablo Honey to the Benz and OK Computer, because I kind of put those two together. Um, but that's a huge leap. I mean, Pablo Honey comes out. You know, they're another 90s alt-rock band. Creep is a huge hit. It looks like if you had asked me in 1994 and asked a lot of people, they probably would have said, yeah, they're probably a one-hit wonder. You know, you could, people probably thought of them like they thought of, you know, I don't know, the Gin Blossoms. They were, or, yeah, they, or, got, they got big... <laughs> In part because they were on a Beavis and Butthead episode, you know they they got oh, really, really? Into it. oh yeah, For oh the, with yeah. creep creep with creep yeah. yeah okay so you know to me Radiohead you know I think they, they shocked a lot of people uh, with you know going from again an album that's Pablo Honey is a perfectly good album but it's not some you know it's not some classic and then you, they make the Benz and OK Computer which are probably my two favorites of theirs and uh, those are just I think those are classic albums and and they became who knew in 1993-94 that they you know they'd become one of the biggest rock I guess you could say I don't know where you classify them they're not indie rock kind of the alt rock of the 90s but one of the biggest to come out of that time really and most influential out of that time valid valid arguments I'm just not a fan I know Harrison <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. valid arguments like I'm just not a fan Harrison you I, say I am I mean I'm a fan and I think yeah. you're right and you know the complete almost complete elimination of guitars 
at this point. Yeah. Right. They don't. I mean, they they totally kind of changed their approach to music, uh, along with everything else. So yeah, I think definitely have made that transformation that were that yeah that counts. So yeah, yeah. Good I didn't even mention Kid A. I mean, I'm not as much a fan of the album, but again, they took a you know very dramatic turn, left turn or whatever you want to call it, from OK Computer to Kid A. And um, I think people at the time, a lot of people were, some people loved it, but it was a very polarizing album. So anyway, I, I have a lot of respect for Radiohead because you know they're willing to just go against the grain and do whatever they feel, whatever they feel like they they, they want to do. They obviously they weren't going for commercial success. Um, so anyway, Radiohead, number four, and number three, um, I'm glad that you played this actually for the opening, but you played Beastie Boys, and number three, I have Beastie Boys. So um, this is kind of, you know, it's funny, kind of similar to Radiohead, where they, you know, their first big album, uh, Licensed Ill, comes out, you know, it's hugely successful, but they, it had all the looks of like maybe a one-trick pony, and these guys can do great party songs, great rap party songs, and you know, for high school pranksters, but um, then they had this huge leap forward with Paul's Boutique, which is probably my favorite album of theirs, um, and is I think a lot of people would say it's their favorite. I think it's uh, a, it's, a, it's I think it's what? one of the I think it's one of the great albums. No, it's amazing. I think it is. I yeah, think it, yeah. I think a, it definitely yeah. is. So I, I I give I give the Beastie Boys tons of credit because I think uh, you know they, you did not you didn't see if you looked at you can look really hard at License to Ill and it's really hard to see. Okay, the band—they're going to go on to make, you know, to make Paul's Boutique. That's the next step. You know, you thought they just put out the same album again, and they could have probably sold a ton of records doing that. But, uh, but you know, they went in a very different direction, and you know, and then Paul's Boutique is a landmark well, hip-hop album. Let's not forget about the Beastie Boys coming from being a punk act. I mean, they were right. they were a punk right. act, right? With things like like the old like Egg Raid on Mojo, which is a great, which is uh, you know, it's just a crazy punk. One minute punk song, basically ninety seconds. And I like it, but it's you know I'll defend the Beastie Boys. Isn't course, what's that song like Cookie Puss or something? Yeah, no, Cookie Puss. Yeah, exactly. Puss, All yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, it's just noise and it's good and yeah. So they, they no, I mean Beastie Boys. So I wanted to get that in because you know you you started with the with the hip hop stuff, but obviously going back before that, the, this punk punk to hip hop. That's then, true. Compare and, that to. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, either fight your right, but definitely Paul's boutique yeah. or ill communication. But then, you know, you know you have, different. But then you have them bringing in live instruments on Check Jazz. Your Head, yeah, and you know, it's yeah. another it's another evolution from Paul's boutique, which is the best sampled album of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. the yeah. samples are incredible in that. Like and, you know, and your realm. Oh, yeah, and then I mean, and then Check Your Head bringing in the live instruments. So they they kept they kept evolving and Johnny changing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I got I had to. That, so that's the funny thing is I knocked the Beatles out of that slot. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. put in the Beasties. Yeah. So. Wow. Um, again, I, uh, the Beatles, it's so hard because, like, with Dylan, like I said, I mean, yes, they're, they basically laid the blueprint for, you know, rock acts at, 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 you know, at that huge level where they were making music. They were elevating, basically, the whole art form. So, so I, you know, I don't argue with the Dylan pick, but I, I just thought Beasties, um, you know, and again, maybe that's just, generational, but uh, I thought they belonged on there. Number two, I, I, I was surprised he wasn't on either of your lists, um, because he's probably the king of reinvention. Um, the guy's reinvented himself so many times, but I have David Bowie, and uh, Bowie, you know, obviously he had his different personas, like Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane, and every album, you know, not just the, the sound, but also the look, he could just, you know, so that's, just that's take, why on, he take on a different personality that's why he didn't make my my list is because i feel like it was every album it was a new persona it was and more that of a was, stick, right more that was his stick yeah, that was he he yeah. did a different thing every time yeah, so but, i mean he's a master of reinvention i feel like i, I don't know yeah I, you could argue okay maybe there wasn't one single or you could make an argument for one single reinvention you could say just Ziggy stardust um and that's fine yeah. but i but like i don't i can't think of many artists that uh you know that can put on as many hats as David Bowie can, and like do so many things, and do most of them very well. I actually, have he doesn't a good... get enough mentions on the show. I don't think he gets enough. Yeah, mentions. we haven't really talked about no, Bowie much. True. So that was part of maybe part of why I put him on. But I just wanted to read a good quote that I found from NME, the, the British rock magazine. But I thought it was a good. It, it summed it up pretty nicely why he's on the list for me. And the, they, what they wrote is David Bowie is the king of reinventions. From sharp-suited mod to long-haired hippie to glam rock spaceman, 
to L.A. plastic soul crooner, to coke-addled dictator, to, Ber to Berlin experimenter, to 80s chart star, to alt-rock band leader, to industrial drum and bass man, to classic rock icon, to recluse, and they were all great, and then they were like, they said, er, apart from the drum and bass one, that was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was but, the, uh, yeah, that's the, how much how much success, you know, in the later, that's where it's hard. It goes back again, we, this show, I mean, music is so generational, right? So it's hard to, I think, for me, I think it's hard to comprehend the successes of David Bowie because... Uh, right, because we, we weren't... We weren't, yeah, because we they haven't really happened in the last 20 actually, years. Actually, I take, I take issue with that a little bit because yeah. I actually like Earthling as an album, you know, and that's the German bass album. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I actually go. do. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. What's a track off Earthling that you... Uh, you're, I, I'm not, what are you... Yeah. Little, little Wonder uh, would be the... Tr Probably was the... Trent Reznor involved at all? Yeah, he did. Oh, uh, that okay. was there Afraid of Americans. He produced the album. Oh, right. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Oh, this sounds... Circle. This definitely takes you right back to 1997. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just started. Chemical Brothers? Yeah. Chemical Brothers? Yeah. Yeah. Chemical Brothers? Yeah. 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 That's my number two, David Bowie, and then my number one. Uh, to me, this was uh, again they, they were on my they were number one the whole time. But for me, it was U2, um, and it was you know going from Rattle and Hum that tour Joshua Tree, and then coming out a couple years later with uh, Octon Baby, which which I think is their greatest album, um, and and I think is the, well, that's to me the quintessential reinvention of a band's sound because you compare Rattle and Hum, Joshua Tree, everything before to Octung Baby, and they're just, they're so different. And the band took, a, I think, a huge chance and a risk by doing that. Um, and obviously, it, it was a huge success. Um, but it was cool, because by the end of the 80s, you think, even, I was reading something that put it, I thought they put it well, but they said by the end of the 80s, even you 2 were sick of you 2 and, hmm. they, and they went, they hold up, and or, you know, when they went away, and they finished Rattle and Hum, and the tour and everything, and the, and the album, they, they, Bono, I think, said, he said, I promise we're going to dream it up again. And uh, you know, I th and they they de delivered on that promise, I think. Yeah. And they, the Octung Baby was actually, they they recorded it in Berlin. They like hold up in a studio there, and apparently it was this excruciating recording process. I mean, I've read a lot about it, and uh, the band almost broke up at the time. And you know, from that conflict, the internal conflict, you know, sometimes the best albums come from that. So, to me. You know, I, I love that album. Again, I was, you know, we were at an impressionable age when that came out in 1991. Uh, but to me, that's that's the ultimate musical reinvention. I don't see the leap. I don't see the leap there that you're seeing. Really? Yeah, I don't see that really? leap. Oh, I don't, my God. I don't, I don't see that All leap. Right, play, I mean, why don't you play With or Without You and then listen to The Fly and be no, like, no, there's a, the same band? Like, but is that – wait a minute. <laughs> or play Zoo Station okay. and then play no, no, I Still Haven't Found No, but is that a leap – but is that just a leap in in, in – as cultural leap as far as what's happening in music or are you saying they're setting the trend right I, that's what you're saying they, they said because i mean you have to change right because the sound changes i mean we just listen to a david right, bowie right. track as i was saying so, you, can, uh, you, you can remember make the Octon same baby, album over and over Octon baby know? comes out the same year as Nevermind and 10 yeah but they're but they've been around they've been around for what 12 years at that they've point. been around yeah 12 or 13 years 12 or 13 years for that point and they and they they were on the same what they were on they got on that late wavelength to um and they kind of they nailed it and so they did have they reinvented themselves for the times and they did it well now we can talk about what came after that it was zuropa which went too far zuropa and pop i mean they introduced pop, the two which, of the 90s you know and then pop, which was a disaster. I actually like wasn't pop. A, I like pop a lot. I know, but, but it was but it was critically a disaster and commercially a disaster, um, as far as U two albums go. Okay. Right. Uh, so I think the tour was. I don't know. I thought the tour was successful, but pop art. But you know what I'm saying. As far as yeah. of all the things that U two have done, pop has come near the bottom of the list. And I think they in the last you know in the now and the the aughts and and the tens they pulled it back to kind of the more Octon Baby era. Yeah, approach to music. What's well, it's, it's funny because when I was researching Octon Baby and you know the yeah, they everyone kind of ties that together with the albums that followed in the '90s. But uh, it was funny because the pro critic or whoever was writing it was saying, you know, you two went from being one of the most earnest bands in rock, you know, very serious, taking on political issues in the '80s, 
and then they come out and have this whole ironic 90s period where you know everything they're doing is kind of satire and um, you know and, and the whole uh, Zoo TV tour which was you know revolutionary I think um, so and then go back it's funny because after Pop and you're right Pop obviously you know critics I guess critics didn't like it much and they had you know they were criticized heavily and it was a huge expensive I think it was the most expensive tour ever at the time the Pop Mart tour and then they basically scaled it back and then in the 2000s they've gone back to becoming that earnest band and trying to you know every U2 album I feel like of the last 10 or at least 10 years you know, it's always well. They're going back to the Joshua Tree sound or something like that. And you know, they. I think uh, all that you can't leave behind was the last, you know, great U2 album. But I would, I would say that I would, I would agree with that. But I thought yeah. you were going to talk about the the transformation from being a Christian band into becoming well. That's a, the that's, that's yeah, what and I, I wasn't thought. really looking to at me, focused on that, but that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, and too. I think when you look at my in the way I took the list, I was you know complete recreations as far as genre bending kind of things. That's where my argument with against U2 is. That I don't see it as like as a genre bending transformation. Yeah, there's a different sound, but I don't feel like it's, again, is it because they needed to change to still stay relevant as a rock band and just use a different sound as opposed to... I don't know. I don't, know. I, don't know. That, I don't feel like U2 it, had, had to change yeah. at that point. You know, yeah. I, don't, I think they could have, if they put out another Joshua Tree, something similar to Joshua Tree, it Stay probably the, would have been really successful. It's not like that sound was all of a sudden right. very dated. It would have been Peter Gabriel. Think. It would have been like Peter Gabriel or some of the other people probably of that era. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I don't know. To to me, it was it's such a wildly different sound. I don't know. You you know you listen to uh, even better than the real thing. You know you can name a lot of those. To yeah. Why? But most of them would not have. You know, if you they wouldn't have fit on anything they did in the previous to that. So what anyway, is your wait, wait Tom? What's your favorite U two album? Did you say that already? I, like I said, I'd say Octane Baby. Is it, that's where I thought. Okay, I wanted to confirm that. So that's why. Yeah, you, yeah so that would be. Okay, and that's yeah, why, so, yeah, yeah, that's why yeah, yeah. I focused on that era right. period yeah. for them. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of contenders. You could say uh, Joshua Tree, Rattle and Hum, Roach, right. Can't Leave Behind, War, all those. Because I think, yeah, Rattle and Hum would probably be my number one. Harrison Even Unforgettable Fire, all those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I would have to agree with Octane Baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I What's w- funny, Scott, because yeah. Rattle and Hum did used to be. It was my yeah. favorite at, at a time. And, it's, a and that's a polarizing album for fans. It is. It is. Yeah. It, is. it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, Harrison, I have one question before we go any further. In, in your studio behind you, is that a chia pet or an in-home weed growing system? I'm I saw in a box there that, that I I just wanted. It's to... for herbs. Oh, okay, got it. Herbs, All right, okay. Carry on, Todd. Carry on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, just to sum up my list real quick: um, five Kanye West, four Radiohead, three Beastie Boys, two David Bowie, and one YouTube. That's uh, All right, let's duke it out now for the final five. Right. We got a lot of good nominations this here. This should be interesting. This yeah, should be interesting. So I think what we should do is we should each take one. Well, if we want one from somebody else's list and put it on the board. So for example, That's I'm going to take. I'm going to put the Beastie Boys on the board on the big board. This is not necessarily the final five, but on the big board, I'm going to put Beastie Boys. Uh, all right, I'm going to put Darius Rucker on the board. Oh, then. all right, okay, Todd. Anything? Okay, any, I'm going to put. Uh, let me look at Harrison's again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Beck. I'll put him on. Okay. Whoa. Interesting. All right. So we've got. Okay. All right. Let's do that again. I guess let's continue to do that for for you know and get like a list of somewhere between six and ten, and then we'll we'll narrow it down. So my my next pick, if I wasn't picking my own, and you don't have to conti- Yeah. If I, so, if I'm picking from either of you guys, I would. So pick, you should pick from my list now, and then we'll, well no, you rotate. Don't... Well, yeah, right. I'll pick from Scott. All right. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Trent Reznor uh, goes on the list then. Yeah, I put Trent Reznor on there. All right. Okay. Todd, who do you do you have? Another? Harrison. Oh, Harrison. Uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, Radiohead. Okay. All right. Okay. And Todd. So, yeah, I would say um, I got to go with your Dylan pick. Okay. I mean, that's a great one. All right. So now the the ones that are left out outside of what we've picked left, we've got Pharrell, CeeLo, Everlast. Miley Cyrus, Skrillex, Dave Grohl, U2, David Bowie, Kanye. I guess collectively we should put like three more up Radiohead. on, on the yeah. big list. No, Radiohead's on there, right? Radiohead. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. on the on the big board, it's Dylan, Darius Rucker, Beck, Trent Reznor, Beasties, and Radiohead. So I guess so, you know each select one from our own list, huh? 
Sure, that works. Yeah, yeah, that right. works. Okay, so for the final round, I'll take. I guess I'm gonna go. I mean, my number two is Pharrell, so I'll do Pharrell. Okay. And... I'm gonna put Skrillex on my board. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna put. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I guess I go with my number one. I'm gonna yeah. go with you too. Okay. All right. I'm changing my pick, by the way. I'm I'm taking Pharrell off the board. I'm putting Everlast on because I want uh, okay. to get some love. Okay. All right. <laughs> you so, love Everlast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna give, I don't know if that. I, no, that's not accurate because we've just, <laughs> as we've discussed the this. I mean, look, the second the follow up album that we talked about, eating it eat it eat it whiteies or whatever that came out 15 years ago. So we haven't seen a lot from Everlast in a long time. So that's I don't know true. It's anyway. Uh. So okay. So now we got Dylan, Pharrell, Everlast, Darius Rucker, Beck, Skrillex, YouTube. Beastie Boys and Radiohead. So we should probably do the same thing. Nominations for the final list. Uh, and and I'll I'll just start with I'll put Beastie Boys on the final list. Yell them out. Go ahead, guys. What who what else belongs on the final list from somebody else's? From someone else's. Yeah. yeah. Um. I will. I'll I'll put Dylan okay. on there. All right. Harrison. Um. Well. You guys just did each other, so I'm going to put Skrillex on mine. That sounded so bad, but okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, so now here's who, so now it's, uh, so, so now you got Everlast, Darius Rucker, just yell them out, you two, Radiohead, back Trent Reznor. Yeah, that's. I can agree with Radiohead. I can put Radiohead. Radiohead. Okay, Radiohead okay. survives another round. And. Um, I, I could go with Trent Reznor. I okay, could. Trent Reznor, and then. I'm going to put you two on the big board because I know, Todd, you're going to lobby hard for it. I'm not sure yeah. if you're going to get it, but you're going to yeah. lobby hard for no, it. Uh, and that leaves on the cutting room floor, uh, that leaves who? I we got six now. We yeah, just got to eliminate one. We're good. We're good. All right. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Are, what are the six we have? Beastie Boys, Bob Dylan, Skrillex, Radiohead, Trent Reznor, and you two, the top musical transformations. So I would strike Skrillex, but that's me. Ooh, um, Skrillex is a pretty big one. I, I'm not, yeah, not going to just All let Skrillex, right, yeah. Skrillex yeah. leave. Yeah, I'm not going right. to let Skrillex leave. I would take, I, I would take, I take Radiohead off. I would Ooh, take, I would take you two oh. off. Oh, I'll take you oh. two off, Harrison. All right, done. All right. What? Oh. Oh. So you guys are agreeing Radiohead over you two? Okay. Yes. That's yeah. fine. Well, you got one. You got one. That's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I got screwed. Todd probably. Yeah. Todd had the yeah. best list going in, and <laughs> I, I love when the collusion happens. <laughs> it's like NBA where, where magic happens. Oh this god. Collusion All yeah, right. Is... So now we've got Beastie Boys, Dylan, Skrillex just beat out you two, Radiohead, <laughs> and Trent Reznor. <laughs> great list. That is yeah, a it great is a good list. list. Uh, so That's who's number point. one? Who's number one? Obviously, I think Dylan. But who? Who? What do you guys think? Number one. So wait, we have Dylan, Trent Reznor. Dylan, Trent Reznor, Radiohead, Skrillex, and the Beastie Boys. Okay, I would say, you know, I'm okay with Dylan at one, and I would, I would Dylan. say Beasties at two because I think Scott, you, you seem to agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd be, I'd be up there. Cool with that. Yeah. Trent Reznor at three, or Radiohead. Yeah, yeah. Trent Reznor. At three. Yeah, Reznor's good at three. Okay. Radiohead four. Yeah, and Skrillex. And Skrillex, Skrillex five. five. Okay. Skrillex, wow, I like yeah. that. At Young Punk. Yeah, yeah, I like that list. So the top, the top musical oh, transformations, sorry. top five. Number five is Skrillex. Number four is Radiohead. Number three, Trent Reznor. Number two, Beastie Boys. And number one, Bob Dylan goes electric. I like it. I I, I like the list. This was fun. That, that would be a, if we put all these artists on a and I should I will do a playlist. I didn't yeah. do it this time, but I think it'd be a hell of a playlist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Eclectic. And yeah, and I love the common thread. I mean, their ability to. To change, and what'll be interesting is to see where Skrillex's career ends up, because you know, what a fan or not, you can't take away how big he was, you know, two years ago. I don't know. Yeah, it is a little funny to look at Skrillex on that list. I just gotta say, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but, but if, Dylan, the Beasties, Radiohead, you know, and Trent Reznor, who are all yeah. giants in you know their respective areas. Um, I guess Skrillex is a giant. In his he's area. a giant in his respective area. We, he's just, we, yeah, we got some blind spots out there. That's all. Uh, no, I, I agree. Skrillex is, Skrillex is big. So that's the list. Uh, a lot uh, did transpire this week. It wasn't a Kanye list week, but we already discussed the latest with Kanye. New song called All Day that he performed at the Brit Awards. Madonna fell off the stairs. New Madonna album. I'm super curious. I, I got to say, seriously, I'm like really curious about this this Madonna thing. I didn't, I mean, uh, we can have honest conversations here among us. Uh, 
I I listened. I, I didn't like the Madonna, the 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 new track. Uh, but I'm. Still, I didn't like it either. Yeah, I, yeah, and I didn't like her performance on the. Yeah. The but I, I didn't. Well, wait, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna back that up though. I didn't like it because I don't like it's a disco sound and I don't like a disco sound. But I thought it was a good. I could see where it, it's a it's a good song. It's it's a decent song. I mean, I, that's my take on. <laughs> wow, you're really trying to give it some credit. There. I don't know. I'm curious about her collaboration with Chance the Rapper. I'm various. I want to hear that. Uh, I think it's interesting actually that we mentioned Madonna because she probably deserves an honorable mention for to this today's topic. Yeah, because, yeah, that's um, true. She, she was always kind of a master of reinventing herself. But again, and, the and success. So hard. Six, you know, I think it's yeah. so hard to to, uh, to be a pop star and and maintain that over you know yeah. a decade or two. And so I have to. I did think about uh, Madonna and Michael Jackson when thinking of this list. And you could make a really good case for Michael Jackson going from Jackson Five to you know his solo career. It's pretty that's wild true. reinvention. So I, I thought they deserved honorable mention. Also tied into the this week's news, but Lady Gaga. Another person yeah. who's in the process of reinventing herself. No, that's a, and that's Constantly. a great mention. Right. I mean, that that performance was remarkable, and you guys. That was know, incredible. I always I mean, praise. I'm not, I'm not even a sound of music. Not that I don't like sound no. music, but I'm not like a huge fan. Like a lot of no, people I was, out there. But that was I was straight it. up straight up jaw dropped on that one. That was yeah, pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, and I I praise you know I'll always praise Gaga, and I think she puts on an amazing show. And uh, if she didn't prove to you why she's a step above. Katy Perry. There's like two echelons now in the female pop tier. I feel like there's Beyonce and there's Gaga, and then there's everybody else. In my opinion, that's I'm just saying. I mean, I think that she's in a different tier because she can she can sing, she can dance, she can do stuff. Yeah, you know? no, you're right Play on that. Front. Yeah, I think yeah. What'll be interesting for I think is to see where Gaga goes from here. Does she go back to making a pop album? Because I thought art pop was pretty bad, and I think yeah. generally it was pretty poorly received. So does she go back to being a pop star? Because I thought maybe she's just, you know, over the hill. Yeah. And but and then, so it would be interesting. Or does she go this Tony Bennett route and start singing? No, you know, different no, types no. Of I, I think she'll songs. come back with a pop. I think I love the Madonna comparison because Madonna was able to transform herself. The one that I think the reason you don't see Madonna on our list is because the success. You know, things like Ray of Light and that stuff. Not that Ray of Light was a hit, but it, it's not, I don't yeah, think it it's very good. But, you know, it just wasn't as successful. And you could argue that it's hard. How do you get more successful than where some of these artists were earlier in their careers, right? That's what Yeah, I'm, when you, like, yeah. How, do you how does Mon Madonna beat Madonna? Yeah, right? yeah. That's, I guess, the question. So. That's true. You get to the mountaintop and it's like, okay, where do I go? Yeah. Here? So, and I think Michael Jackson ran into that too. You know, oh, for sure. The end. End of his career. And then it's it's worth noting also news from the week, of course, the change for album releases. Now a global album release date, which will be Fridays, no longer New Music Tuesdays. It yeah, this be, is a major. This, this is, is big. Tuesday's gone. Huh? Tuesday's yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Cue <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah. Cue but I mean, when we were growing up, I mean, as long as I can remember, Tuesday was album release day. You know? That was that's a big deal. I, would, I remember I running. Go to Tower at midnight, right? Tower I remember running into you guys at Tower at midnight. Oh, yeah. The night, the, uh, was it? You were, I think you guys are buying a Blues Traveler Blues album. Traveler. Prodigy, yeah, buying, oh my god, yeah. I was buying Primus the Brown album. That's right, it was oh. fun of me for buying Primus. Wait, I thought, morning, I, think, I right? thought it was, yeah, yeah, and I thought Prodigy was coming out at the same time, too. I thought there was a might have been. interesting. Yeah, I thought yeah that, was that was around the same album. time. Yeah, wow, yes. Um, but all those memories ooh. I have of going to Tower or going to Kent Mill Records and, like, you know, being so excited, I would call, Kent Mill had a hotline that you could call, this is so dated, but they had a hot, you could call this, like, this number and they would tell you the whole release calendar on that uh, the hotline and I would I would keep a running list like handwritten anyway that's yeah, awesome that's that's what this reminds me of this this took me back wow. now now it's I check Spotify on Tuesday and actually they, they have a great thing this new this uh, new music uh, playlist they create a playlist right. of like their, their picks for best new music yeah it comes out that week and it, I've I've been listening to a lot of different oh, stuff from that. Good plug for that playlist. Uh, it is. So it's cool. I yeah, I was surprised when reading the articles about this change. I was surprised these independent record stores. Not that we wanna we wanna belittle the independent record stores, but the romanticism needs to stop at some point. I feel like, and uh, not you know because obviously people still shop for vinyl. I know Todd, you're a huge vinyl guy. Yes. And. Yes. Uh, but this guy, I, I, this was shocking. There was a guy from the Gallery of Sound, which is not even an independent store. It's a chain in Pennsylvania. And he says he told 
This was the guard. I'm not sure actually who the you know we're just a podcast. We don't need to cite people. He says calling <laughs> calling Fridays. He said Fridays are probably the worst day to pick. He says it could result in logistical problems like being unable to restock a popular title over a weekend. I mean, what really? It's 2015. Like, yeah, I don't know. If no, that's I, look, I, I like I can understand. Really actually a, order a two point. copies if you're worried about selling out over the weekend. No, it's it's a, it's a good point, but uh, is it I, though? I that's from the New York Times, by the way. But is it? Is it a good point? It's 2015. No, I mean, I'm saying it's a good point from the Amazon his, his or their perspective. I, I agree yeah. on a global, broader scale. Yeah, I, it's not going to affect me, yeah. you know, iota. But but you know, I I, I was kind of surprised that this was as controversial. I don't think it's that controversial, but it, you know, as controversial as it is in the industry. Yeah, I think it's right. I, I I'm thinking. Well, you know what? We need to get and i could talk about this topic but is it is it wise for music to decide that they're gonna bump up against movies what does it matter here's here's an here's an our our kids generation won't even understand the concept of a release date i mean there's no they're not gonna understand it right now like the movie movie business is booming music is on the way down so you're gonna choose like the exact same date like if the Avengers comes out on the same day as the new Madonna album, like or not Madonna, but whatever, New Direction album, what are the kids gonna go do? New Direction, go... New Direction, or One Direction? Which one? Well, I don't care. Or is it? Are you uh, One Direction? Or do you short? <laughs> one Direction. Is that the new short? Oh, Direction. I'm going to see Direction tonight. No, I so, think you have a point because you think about Fridays. New edition. Fridays, people one edition. Talk, people new. do talk about what movies are coming out. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think there's so much hype. Look at the success of Drake. It's not taking away from any movies and vice versa. Nobody's not. Nobody's failing to talk about the Will Smith movie because this new Drake album has, by the way, a record 14 singles in the Hot 100 now, which is a Beatle, which matches what, the Drake Beatles. Does? Yeah, I just read wow. that. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, wild. Yeah. Did, did we mention, I don't know if we mentioned that Drake broke the record right. for Spotify streams. He got over 17 million streams the first week, and that's crazy. Was wow. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy, and I don't even like Drake, so that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> shows oh. how old I am. <laughs> I don't even. Well, yeah, okay. it, it is. I uh, tried listening uh, to it. I didn't get very far. I, I, yeah, I listened to it the whole thing, and it was painful. It was. I felt like I was slitting my wrist or something. I have not right. listened to it, but I did. Todd, we just now we just lost half our audience. Yeah, so yeah. Right. Well, that. <laughs> so we're down. To, I don't think the Drake crowd is listening yeah. to us. That we're much, down to four and a half listeners. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's a good segue. Perfect time. You guys uh, plug anything that you are listening to now. Start with Harrison. What would you listen to, man? Uh, I was listening to the my neighbor Dan Deacon's new album, Gliss Riffer. It's great. He's your it's neighbor. Ne- uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's <laughs> from Baltimore. Oh, I studios, didn't know that. I didn't his studio is two blocks from my house. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and he used to live two blocks down the street in the copycat building. So yeah. Uh, he's uh, another good, just kind of fast uh, electronic instrumental album. Uh, give it a good listen to. It's a good uh, workout so, album, I think. If you're looking for something without too many words. Right. Cool. <laughs> Todd. And uh, I've been listening to. Uh, actually, I went. There's a throwback a little this week, but I've been listening. There's a new. Um, they just released a new Bob Marley live album from 1978 from in uh, from Boston. And it's called Easy Skanking in Boston, I think, yeah. 1978. But it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it it's cool because it's a lot of the a lot of the the big hits, but then also some of the other you know deeper cuts too. So it's a nice combination. But it's got it's a great sound. It's obviously been mastered really well. Um, so if you're looking, you know, if you're a Bob Marley fan and you don't want to listen to Legend for the thousandth time, um, <laughs> I would I would recommend check, checking it out. Todd, did you uh, listen to Dope Machines, the new Airborne Toxic Event album? I have not. I really want to listen. I don't think I didn't think it was on Spotify yet, so I haven't. Okay. I think you have to buy it. They're doing one of those. You know, release on iTunes and then they'll do it later. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I got to, I got to called... on Google Play, so I got to listen. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. The... What do you think? It's good. It's good. Um, is it, it more electronic? That's the idea. It is. Right? It is. Okay. It's it's more electronic, but it's not bad. It, like they make okay. it work and it fits in with their sound. So okay. definitely worth checking out. I'm glad you mentioned it. And they actually released two albums. They released one called Songs of God about God and Whiskey or something. Okay. And uh, I that one I don't know. Again, I think they were releasing it on like a not as large of a scale. I think Dope Machines is like the one they're trumpeting. But that's one I, I want to check out both. I'm excited. Gotcha. 
My plug this week will be for an alt-country artist that I discovered, Nikki Lane, who I discovered by just kind of maneuvering through YouTube. I was watching an old 97s clip, and then Rhett Miller plugs Nikki Lane, who was the opening act actually on their most recent tour. And I went to the show, and I heard some of it, but I didn't get really into it. And uh, I finally sat down and watched a whole performance on YouTube, and I thought she was great. So Nikki Lane is a total porn name. I'm just saying. It is. Uh, yeah, that it is. It is. It is. It is. Uh, so, she probably could have chosen yeah, better. Yeah, she could have chosen better. Anyway, check it out. So uh, we'll be with you again soon. And thanks for listening. This has been Twisted Lister. Anything yeah. else to add, guys? Yeah. Oh, that, right. that's, that's about it. We're good. Taking us out. The number one musical transformation. Bob Dylan. People call, say, beware, doll. You're bound to fall. You thought they were all. 